0: And I'm not picking back and off of, um Pastor Nick, but God had gave me a message. Well, I thought God had gave me a message, but how many of you know when you plan, God can unplan. amen? So the message that I was preparing for, God just, as I was studying and reading, he just turned it all the way around and gave me something different. And that's the way he does sometimes, amen? So, I know this is going to be a blessing to you. It's a message that, personally, I've never really remembered teaching on this before. But God gave it to me, and he told me to talk on it, so I'm going to talk on it. And my subject for today is prosperity. I don't know if it's up there or not. Huh? It's up there? Okay. Prosperity. And this is a, you know for the most part, it's an anti-teaching, it's an anti-teaching on prosperity because a lot of people have an attitude based on what they think prosperity is, amen? And so, most of these people that have an attitude against prosperity is because they really don't understand what prosperity is. And part of the problem is a lot of prosperity teaching, their lifestyles accommodate a lot of criticism. Amen. So today we're gonna to be teaching on prosperity, and I'm gonna speak, be speaking as the Holy Spirit give me utterance. And I want, I really pray that you get a revelation about what God says prosperity is. Because the bottom line is we live in a world where we need currency. We need money to eat. We need money to pay our bills. We need money for gas. You know, (laughs) try walking everywhere you need to go and see how that works out for you. So we need money. And you know, it's an old saying that says money makes the world go round. Well, I beg to differ with that. We know that it's God that makes the world go round. Amen. But money makes Money is a significant part of our lifestyle. So we need to understand, you know, why is it that so many people are against prosperity teaching? Well, Romans 10 and 17 says faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And faith for, for prosperity comes by hearing what? The teaching Of the word of God on it. Amen. So I looked up a few scriptures and I'm just gonna take my time and just go through some of them, not all of them, but some of them, because it's funny, the more and more you more and more you dig deeper into this, the more revelation knowledge God gives you, and the more more word he gives you, the more you take notes and take notes and take notes. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm ashamed of my notes because. I wrote all over the pages, so now I have to really take my time because I can't hardly understand what I read. So I'm really relying on the Holy Spirit with this, amen? But it's awesome, and I'm going to go back and dig even deeper on it. And uh, what is the definition of prosperity? In the Greek, it literally means this, to help, H-E-L-P, on the road. Or succeed in reaching. I'm gonna say that again. Literally, that means to help on the road or succeed in reaching. So you see here, money has, I mean, prosperity is more than accumulating money. To God, it's, it's it's not about just accumulating money. I know that's what the world thinks, and that's why it's hard for us to teach on prosperity. Because, again, we do need money. And, again, God blesses us to be prosperous. But it's not about what we, how much money we have. It's about what we do with the money God blesses us with. Amen? So I'm going to break this down in three ways. The pitfalls. Of prosperity, the pitfalls of prosperity, and I think this is why so many people are against the anti-teaching of prosperity. When I explain these three scriptures, and then I want to talk about why God prospers us and where do prosperity come from. So there's three different sections. And the first section I'm going to talk about is the pitfall of prosperity. Because I want to get that all out of the way and get to the good stuff. Amen. So 1 Timothy 6 and 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And I'm going to be using different translations here. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, this scripture does not say that money is evil. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. So what does that mean to us? What is God telling us through this scripture? When you don't make... God the head of your life when money is your God when you worshiping money when you chasing after money then it can open the door to a lot of wickedness and sin amen and I really think that that is one of the things one of the keys that why people just think oh let's not talk about money I just have enough. I'm okay with what God is blessing me with. It, It might not be enough for me to bless anybody else with, but it's just enough for me to pay my bills, and I'm okay with that. But that's not the way God wants us to live. It's really not. So when you make God the head of your life and you're not chasing money, Paul says what he's saying in this scripture is that we have to have a godly attitude about money. When we have a biblical and godly attitude about money, there's nothing wrong with asking God for an increase in our finances. Amen? Instead of having um, a worldly attitude about money, and a godly attitude is what? It's knowing that you are a steward of God's money. You're a trustee of his money. Amen? It's being grateful and content, you have contentment where God, how God is blessing you. That's having a godly attitude about money. So we know that in Ecclesiastes 5 and 10, it says, those who love money would never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Isn't that something? Those that love money will never have enough. How much is enough if you're making money your God? How much will be enough? It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. It would never be enough for those who make make money their God instead of God. You know, I'm going (sighs) to... I'm not going to call any names, but I was looking at um, a show one day and this very famous well actor, and we all would know him if I called out his name, but he was on this show and the host was telling him, you know, that he was famous and he was rich and he was wealthy and he came from a place of poverty and... You know, he should be happy and, you know, how does that make you feel? That's the question that she asked him. How does that make you feel? And his answer was very surprising. He said, it makes me fearful. He said, it makes me feel fearful because the more I have, the more I think I should have. So, I'm busy thinking about, I'm not enjoying the money. Now, this is what he said. He said, I'm not enjoying the money because I'm busy trying to make more money. Because I don't want to go back to that place where I didn't have enough. But the thing is, is when you make God your supplier, when you are depending on God, when you're not depending on this world economy, but you be depending on God's economy, you'll always have enough. There's always going to be an overflow. So I wanted to say, when he was talking, I thought, this is the perfect opportunity for somebody to minister to him and say to him, what does a profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? Now, I don't know what his relationship is with God, but I do know if he's living in fear, and he's not trusting God, God is not in the center of his heart. Amen. If he's living in fear and he can't spend his money and he's just accumulating more and more and more money because he's afraid, and if he's accumulating it and he's saying he's afraid to spend it, then he's afraid to what? Give it and be a blessing. And that's why God prospers us, not just for us, but first of all, it's about kingdom Advancement of the kingdom. It's about the advancement of the kingdom. That's why God prospers us. It's nothing wrong with us having nice things. It's nothing wrong with us, you know, liking the cars and homes and all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. God blesses us with that. But when you begin to be fearful of releasing it, you know, if you got a, my mom used to say, if you got a closed fist, nothing can come in and nothing can go out. Nothing can come in and nothing can go out. And that's how God, that's not how God wants to, wants us to live. Amen. So Matthew 6 and 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So who are you going to serve? Who are you serving? Who is your master? God, we are stewards over God's money. He entrusts his money for It's not our money. It's his money. It's his money. But if you make the almighty God the center of your life and not the money or material things that evolve around it, Around it there's absolutely nothing wrong with living a life full of prosperity but we're going to talk about what living a life full of prosperity means to believers amen living a prosperity life is trusting God in every area of your life not just your finances not just your you know Not just your family or your your job or your ministry. Prosperity is trusting God in every area of your life. Because it's his money. It's not our money. It means that we're living a life that he commands for us to live. Amen. And when you put Jesus Christ in the center of your heart. When you focus on him. When he's the focus of your heart. Then you can live a life of prosperity. You can live a life of prosperity. First Chronicles 29, 11 and 12 says, "Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in heaven and on earth belongs to you. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. And you are exalted as head of all. God is head of everything. Everything we have belong to him. We are nothing without him. I think there's a scripture in Psalms that says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And the world and everything in it that dwells in it belong to God. So we don't even belong to ourselves. We belong to God. The scripture said God made us for his pleasure. That's what the Bible says. You know, when we have um, water baptism and we dedicate, we there's we dedicate the smaller children back to God. We do that for a reason. We do that for a reason, because we're letting God God entrust us with our children. But our children actually belong to God, just like we do. So everything we have belongs to God. We are nothing without him, and we have nothing without him. And the biblical meaning of being a good steward over God's money means to we are utilizing and managing the resources that He's given to us. And we do what with it, whatever He tells us to do with it. We just don't go out and, and spend money and be frivolous with money just because we have it, but we seek God in prayer and we ask God, God, who do you want me to bless? How do I how, how do you want me to, to bless the church, the, the community? Because when we do it God's way, what happens? God gets the glory and he gets all the honor. Amen? Amen? So it's about doing it God's way. There's nothing wrong with prosperity. Nothing, it's the lie of the enemy to make us think that there is something wrong with prosperity. But, number one, the money doesn't belong to us. We got to keep in mind it belongs to God. And we're seeking him daily as to how to use his finances. And you, I said his finances because it belongs to him. Amen? Amen. So wealth comes from God. Everything that we own comes from him, and it belongs to him. We are overseers of what he gives us. We have nothing, and we can do nothing without him. That's why we trust in his system and not the world system. Because when we begin to trust in the world, look what happens when we trust in just right now. You know, we don't have to think way back. But even right now, why would we trust in a system where there's inflation, depression, recession, recession? Look what we're dealing with now. But when we trust in God's system, there's an overflow. There's plenty of milk and honey, amen? It's enough to go around for everybody. You get blessed. I get blessed. Then we're blessing to someone else. Wealth comes from God. Wealth comes from God. It's not a sin to have wealth. It's the sin for what you do with it. That's why Paul was saying, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Because when you misuse God's money, then you open the door for all kind of sin, all kind of hardship, all kind of stress, depression. That actor was saying that he was depressed and stressed over money. And I thought, God, what could I do with all that money he had? Ooh, look how I could advance the kingdom of God. Look how I could be a blessing. Look how we could be a blessing. But we got to have faith. We have to have faith to receive money, amen? We have to have that faith. And we have to realize that the money comes from God. Wealth comes from God. The Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from above. That means wealth. Everything belongs to God. That means wealth. So why wouldn't we want it? Well, we should want it. We should want it. It's not about just having enough of me and my four and no more. That's not how God wants us to live. I'm going to take care of mine, but you're going to have to take care of yours. That's not how God wants us to live. He entrusts us with His money to be a blessing, Amen. We trust the Lord, and we lean not to our own understanding. We get understanding from Him as how we utilize His money, and we allow Him to do what to, to order our steps, to direct our path. That's how we. That's how we manage God's money. We're trusted in Him, and we allow Him. To direct our path. Amen. Psalms 34 and 10. It says. The Lord says that those that trust in him. Trust in the Lord. Would not lack anything. Would not lack anything. There shouldn't be any lack. If there's lack. Then I'm thinking. There's a faith problem. If there is lack, that means there's not enough knowledge when it comes to God's word about finances. If there is lack, then maybe you need to have a revelation from God about your finances and what prosperity really means when it comes to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So, um, let's talk about what, God says about money. Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou might, mayest observe to do, that's the key word, to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, command thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever our goal is, this: Book of the Law should not depart out of your mouth, but thou shall meditate therein day and night, that my that they that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shall make thy way prosperous, and thou shall have good success. It doesn't say if you do this. So what is he telling us to do? Because this was in the Old Test- Testament, but it's good for us today. He said, to do. What to do To do mean? It means to carry out, to perform, to put into action, to attend to. So what are we doing when we're reading the word of God? We study and we read, reading and then we obey. And when we obey God, When we do what God tells us to do, then what? Obeying him in every area of our lives. Because remember, prosperity has nothing to do with accumulation of money. But it has everything, everything to do with, in the Greek it says, what? Reaching success. So God wants us to reach success in every area of our life. Every area of our life, we should reach success with our relationships, on our jobs, in the ministry, and yes, with finances, because we need them. Amen? When we become good stewards over his money, then we can make our way prosperous. Then you can carry out the plan and purpose that he has for us. And then he gets the glory. So, when we make God the center of our hearts, when we trust in him with all our hearts, when we let him order our steps, when we are being obedient to the word of God, when we meditate on the day and night trying to seek him and, and get direction from him, then he'll make ourselves prosperous. Then we open up the door for him to bless us. Amen. Amen. 3 John, 1st chapter, 2nd verse says, Beloved, I pray and I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thou soul shall prosper. I'm going to read that one again. Beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul shall prosper. But this is the will of God concerning us. Amen. And, you know, sometimes I, I think this this scripture can be taken out of context just a little bit because even though it is, it can be relating to money. But first it says our soul shall prosper as we become into the knowledge of God. When we become into the knowledge of God about finances, our soul begins to prosper. When we come into the knowledge of God about who we are and whose we are, our soul begins to prosper. Amen. When we become into the knowledge of God about who He is, our soul prospers. And what happens when our soul prospers? It touches every area of our lives. That's why he said, I wish that you may prosper and be in good health. Be in good health. When we come into the knowledge of God about his word and what his word says about our health, then what happens? Sickness and disease got to flee. When we come into the knowledge, when our souls come into the knowledge of God, then what happens? When you're struggling with circumstances and situation, he said many other afflictions of the righteousness, but he deliver us from all of them. Amen. He didn't say some of them. So if your affliction is money, he's gonna deliver you from that because you have the knowledge of God through the Word of God, and when you have that knowledge, you prosper. Your soul is prospering. And when your soul prospering, there's nothing too hard for you to do. Amen? Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, And you should remember the Lord your God, but it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Oh. Mm. It is he who gives us power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is today. So, what does this scripture say? It didn't say he was going to give you wealth. It said he's going to give you power to get wealth. Amen. He's going to give you power. It didn't say, I'm going to give you wealth. He said, I'm going to give you power to get wealth. You know, God gave us what? And I'm, this is the way God gave it to me. God gives us talents and gifts and abilities, right? We have to develop those, but it comes from God. So if that comes from God, why doesn't prosperity come from God? If we can pray about our gifts and talents, God, open up my eyes. What is my gifting? What is you help me to do? Blah, blah, blah. If we can pray about that, why can't we pray about our prosperity, about wealth? Amen. What did you have? What input? When did God consult you about where you was going to be born? Did he come to you and ask you anything about that? But we are fortunate enough to live in a country that has what? Job opportunities. We could have been born as slaves. We could have been born in countries that doesn't have the opportunities that we have. Amen. So if God made the decision. If God made that decision. Then why is it that we believe that we are where God ordained us to be? We was born in this country because God ordained that. Why can't we believe, God, that prosperity comes from God? God is the source of all prosperity. Financial prosperity is not about giving of money. It isn't about God giving you money, but God giving you the anointing to get, have the ability to give money. I'm going to read that again. Financial prosperity isn't God giving you money, but God giving you the anointing to have the ability to prosper. It's not about the money. It's not about the cars and the houses and the jewelry and, you know, the clothes. And it's not about all of that. The real essence. Is what? It's not money. It's the anointing. I'm gonna say that again. The real assets. This is why we pray for prosperity because it's really not the more about the money. It's about the anointing. And when the anointing, when the presence of God, when the presence of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit manifests in your life. You have the fullness of God in every area of your life. Amen? It's about the favor of God on your life. You are anointed to prosper. Money is just a bypass (laughs) of the anointing. That's what money is. Money is the bypass. But the real access is the favor of God on your life. That's what it's about. When we get a revelation, knowledge about that, woo! (laughs) Look how the kingdom of God can advance. Look how the kingdom of God can advance. Because it's all about the kingdom of God. Again, money is just a byproduct of it, it's about the anointing that you carry. He, that anointing gives you the ability to prosper. That anointing gives you the ability to do that job. That anoint, supernatural anointing can open up a door for you. You don't even have to have a job. But the supernatural anointing of God when you walk in the way that he wants you to walk, when you live in the way that he wants you to live, a supernatural anointing and the favor on your life can open up the doors for you and rain down on you you know there's a there's a comp- there's companies that you know they seek out people that haven't they have money and haven't came to get their money because they don't even know they got money. I know you've heard of those companies. You know, they you know, you have money or inheritance or someone left you money or the state owe you money or something, you know, somewhere you got some money laid up somewhere and you don't know it, but they know it and they seek you out and there's, there's an online place that you can go to see, you know, if you have anything, you know, but just imagine, Just imagine, imagine when you are anointed, the favor of God is on your life to prosper you. Just imagine where you might have some treasures laid up somewhere that you don't even know about. That God is getting ready to bless you with. And all he's saying is, ask and it shall be given unto you ask ask him god is there somewhere god i want to i want to advance your kingdom with what i have what i have i'm using it for your good but i want to do bigger things for you cuz see that's why you get money you get money to be a blessing that's why he give you money he give you money to be a blessing amen And the more he give you, the bigger blesser you can be. I want to be that bigger blessing. You know, back in the day, you know, there was um, a show Oprah did. And she said, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. I don't know who all seen that. And I thought, God, why can't we say that? Why can't we be blessed enough to do that? And I actually said that to God, and God did bless me to bless somebody with a car. It wasn't a new car, but it was a three-year-old car. Because I used to see little children on a bus stop with their parents on Sunday mornings coming to church, and they was on a bus stop. I said, God, if I had some money, I could could bless them because that's what God wants us to do. They come and they're they trying to get to church, but they're on the bus stop and it's cold out there. And, you know, you can ask God for that car. If when you see somebody on a bus stop with their children and you take the time to stop and say, in that new car that God didn't bless you with, and you take the time to say, do you need a ride? Where are you going? I got free time. But, you know, it has to be from God. That unction has to be from God. But then there's nothing wrong with having a car, more than one car, because you're using it for God's glory. When I got my new home, and I remember Pastor Ted and I was praying over my new home, and I said to Pastor Ted, "I want a new home because I want to do the sale group, and I want to use my home for the glory of God." And we touched and agreed one Sunday morning. And it was one house that I wanted, and it didn't come through. And I asked Pastor Ted to pray about it, to turn their hearts around. And Pastor Ted started praying, and he went a whole different direction. He said, God, if it's not for her, just shut that door and give her another house. And that's what God did. Because I said to God, I want a bigger house. But I didn't want a bigger house just to have a bigger house. It's only me and my husband in there. I wanted a bigger house so I can welcome God, welcome God's people in. Welcome people in that didn't know God. Because at that time, we was doing the sale group, and we was having people to come over to the house. And I prayed about it. And, you know, someone said, how do you feel about strangers coming to your house? I said, God told me to do it. And he blessed me with the house to do it. That's what I'm going to do. And I would go to the malls and put, put my information on it with, with, with the scripture and stuff. And I tell you, God just moved in a mighty way. I had people coming from all over calling my number saying, is this where we're going to have a sale group? I had minister wives coming to my sale group just sitting in and soaking in the presence of God to be blessed. Now, you know that was God. They could be at their church. They didn't have to be in my house. But because I asked God, God, bless me with a bare house. Because I want to be a blessing to someone. I want to share this gospel with someone. I want to open up my doors to someone. And the people that he brought in, I had someone that... Worked in finances. I had someone that worked helping people find homes. I mean, I had all kind of people coming in. And they was able to share and help each other. I had a nurse that was there. So she was able. I mean, any profession you could think about, it was there in my home. That was God. That wasn't me. But I asked for that home for a reason. Because I wanted God to get the glory. Amen. So, why do God bless us? God blesses us to be a blessing. God blesses us for his kingdom work. God blesses us to support the ministry and to support our church. God blesses us to support the prison ministries. God blesses us, and I thank God for this church. Because look how God uses our finances to bless. We have packages out there for the prison ministry. That's why God is bringing an increase to us, because we're giving it out. He said, Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, but good measure pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. where well, He calls men to give into your bosom. I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. I believe in that principle. I believe when you give out, you get back. I believe that because the word of God says that when you give, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. That sounds like a lot to me and running over. But then he said, the measure that you give out is the measure that you give back. Doesn't he say that? If you give out a little bit, you get a little bit back. The measure that you give out is the measure that you give back. I want to be a big blessing. Not just to get, not just to have. God don't give it to us just so that we can have it. It's not about how much, really it's not about how much we have. Because he'll make a dollar be like a $100 to you. He'll spend, my mother used to say, baby, I don't know how I do it. But God take this five dollars and He make me spend it like it's $50. That's how God can do it. That's that supernatural favor on your life, amen. That's that's the anointing that is on your life to prosper, amen. So in the New King James Version, Philippians 2 and 4. It says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And I think I covered that. It's okay to consider what's best for you and your family. But God wants you to consider what's best for the ministry, for the church, for the community, for strangers. That's what he also wants us to give some consideration to. Matthew 25 and 40 says, when they themselves also will answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of them, you did not do it unto me. Sometimes it's hard for us to see God's presence in certain situations, in certain places, amen? But if God sends you out somewhere and God tells you to be a blessing to someone, really what he wants you to do is open up your heart so that he can flow through it, amen? That's what he's asking you to do. When he said, feed the hungry, he's really saying, open up your heart and let me flow through it. When he said, "Clothe the naked, open up the heart, and let me flow through it," that's what he's saying to us, Amen. You know, I I, I think about this example, and I'm gonna say something, and I this is just how, what I believe. I had two individuals; one was a. a a family member of mine, but thank God she's grown in God some, and I don't think she really see it this way anymore. And then another individual was a friend of mine. And they used to say this saying all the time. I don't need no more. God just blessed me. Long as I can pay my bills, long as I got food in my refrigerator, long as I got a roof on my head, I'm all right. And my, my, my family member, I love her to death, but she used to say it all the time. And every time she said it, it would just irk me because I thought, that's kind of selfish. That's kind of selfish. It might sound like you being religious or you being, you know, I don't need all of that. I just need, you know, God is blessing me. But what about somebody else? What about somebody else? I need an increase because there's too many people out here need to hear the gospel. I need an increase because there's too many people out here that need food, that need shelter, that need to know that God is love. That's why I need that increase. So I never would say anything to her. 'Cause you know family members, how you can get into that little argument and stuff and everything, you know. And I just didn't feel like going there, you know. And she and, and 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 she would say it proudly too. All I need is just this. No, you need more than that. You need more than that. Because your heart should be having compassion toward others that don't have it. And that's why God is. Blessing us with it, amen? If you're doing it for the glory of God, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. Prosperity is not a bad word. Sometimes I think when we say it, people look at, ooh, prosperity teaching. It's not a bad word. When you're keeping God, what? In the center of your heart. Amen? Proverbs 3 and 27 says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hands for that person. Don't tell your neighbor maybe some other time, or try me tomorrow, tomorrow, when the money is right there in your pocket. Don't figure out ways of taking advantage of your neighbor when he's sitting there trusting unexpectedly. I love that scripture. Never walk away from somebody who deserves help. That's why God wants to prosper you. Because your neighbor might need help. Your family members might need help. The church needs help. We're getting ready to go places with this church. God is doing something mighty in this season with this church. And we need finances. Finances. And we need to take our prayer level, prayer to another level when it comes to finances. That's why I believe God gave me this message. So that you won't be afraid to ask. When you ask God for your healing, if you can ask, you can ask God for increasing your, enlarge. In, in you know that scripture everybody got, you know, back here in the day was uh, saying, God enlarge in in my territory. Where God enlarge my finances. Cause 'cause God wants us to be busy about his business. Amen. It's about soul winning, amen. That's the priority. You take care of his business and he'll take care of your business. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then all these things will be added unto you. So you got to remember to put the first thing first. When you put the first thing first, then God will add to your life. He's The Bible said he gives you everything pertaining to godliness in life. Everything. Not just some things, but everything. Amen? So those who are gracious to the poor... Lends to the Lord, and the Lord will fully repay. Being charitable is a rewarding experience within itself. But God will reward you for for being passionate to those who are less fortunate. Why? Because he loves everyone. When you do have the ability and the opportunity to help someone, it's important that you do it. You can be a positive force in the lives of others. The act of kindness may be the very vehicle that the Holy Spirit used to draw them into the kingdom of God. Am I right about that? He said, with love and kindness do I draw thee. So how can we be kind to to the fellow man out there? Sometimes helping others, and this is all the time, helping others, is a simple way of honoring God. And you can inspire someone else to help themselves doing the same. Amen? So when we give, we're giving to the glory of God. And when we give, somebody see that light that's shining through us. And when we give, God gets the glory. It might be your very neighbor. Or someone you know. When you do an act of kindness. And they might not even know God. But when you do that act of kindness. If you hear about lack. And you say God how can I fill that space for them in their lives. That act of kindness can be the very thing that draw them into the kingdom of God. So that's why. That's why it's, it's important that we have not just enough, but more than enough. Amen? And I know some of you are probably thinking, well, I know people that don't know God, don't look God, ain't thinking about God, and they prospers too. Well, I covered that. I talked about that in 1 Timothy Six and and ten, nine and ten. For the love of money is the root of all evil. They might be rich, but they can be spiritually poor. They might have a lot of money, but they might be struggling with it. How can you struggle with money when you don't put God first? You know, somebody "Hmm, got a lot of money and you're struggling. Yeah, you can struggle with money when God is not in the equation there can be a lot of hardship. There can be a lot of pain. So when you see a lot of people having a lot of money and stuff and they're not following the ways of God, trust me when I say there's, a struck, there's some type of struggle there, amen? And again, what does it gain a man? What does it cost a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Who wants to go to hell? And you can't take that money with you. I tell, I tell my family members all the time you're saving up all this money, and what's going to happen? Usually, your children might come along if they don't know God and, they not, and they're not walking in the way of God, and they're just going to spend it on anything and everything. <laughs> You've saved up for years and years and years and years, and in a matter of months, it's gone. <laughs> in a matter of months, it can be gone. They can spend their inheritance just like that. On frivolous things. And this money that you've labored for. So, you know, it's really important as to when we, you know, leave an inheritance, who we leaving it to, and are they trustworthy of it? Are they going to honor God with it? And I know that's something that we don't, Think about a lot. But I don't think God wants us to just, you know, it's it's a thought. It's something that we should think about. Are you going to honor this money? Are you going to use it the way God wants you to use it? Amen? So Proverbs 12 and 22 says, and I'm almost finished, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh it rich, and it added no sorrow with it. The blessing of the more Lord maketh it rich and it no sorrow. See, when it comes from God, there's no sorrow with it. You don't have to be looking over your back wondering when the shoe is going to fall, when it's all going to be gone. You don't have to worry about inflation. You don't have to worry about this world system. When God bless you with it, you don't have to worry about all of that. There's not any type of inflation in the kingdom of God. Amen. Doing it God's way, obeying him, being a doer of the word, not just a hearer only, being faithful to God, following his commands. Then you are being a good steward over his money, trusting him, letting him direct your path. Then you are prospering the way that he wants you to prosper. Amen. Philippians 4:19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his what riches in glory I'm going to tell a quick story then I'm going to end with this just this past month we had a situation with our house and it was it was just the outside of the house some of the panels needed to be restored and they was cracking you know how siding crack you know the panels crack and I called to, to get two estimates, and one guy said it was going to be 7400 and something dollars to, to take care of those two panels. Now, I knew that one guy. I said, I can build a whole room, another room. I'm, I just want these two panels replaced. I can build a whole room with $8,000. So then I called another person to come along, and he said, I said, "Uh uh-uh, God, in my spirit, that's why it's good to be connected with, to the vine. That's why it's good to be connected, because in my spirit, I knew, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, they trying to make up for this world inflation, Mm mm-mm, not my money. No. And I was outside one day and I was walking. I took my little 4 leggy one out to use the bathroom and the sun was shining. And I began to pray to God. And I began to seek God. I said, God, you know, my money, the my money I use for tithes and offerings. I said, this is your money, God. And you don't want the thief to come and steal it from me. I said, God, you send somebody to me that can fix this. I'm not asking that he go below what it costs. A good job, a fair deal, fair price. That's what I'm asking. They got to live too. I said, but I know the thief is coming to steal my money. This is your money. And I'm a tithe payer. I so seeds in the kingdom of God. I said, God, I love you. I'm a giver. I'm a giver, God. I'm not perfect, but I'm faithful to you. I'm faithful to you. So you send somebody, God, that's not trying to rob me of your money. Because you, this money belongs to you. And it wasn't four or five days later, the guy that, the gardener that does our lawn, and I was telling him about it. He's a good saved man, too. I prayed over him that God would send me him, too. Because, you know, these lawn services can get real expensive real quick, right? And $65 for one time, $55 for one time, you know, you, ooh, Jesus, you know. But anyway, I Prayed over that. And they, he, God sent me a good, safe gardener. And I was sharing with him and stuff. And he said, mm, show me where it's at. And I showed him. He said, just listen to me. This is how he started it off. He said, just listen to me. He said, I can fix that. He said, it ain't going to cost you $7,000. It ain't even going to cost you $3,000. I said, well, they say they need the material and this and that, and, it, and it's going, you know, the material is double the price, triple the price now, and, you know, they're they going to milk that for all it's worth. We're going to all, it's going, to every time you need material, it's going to be triple the money that it should be, amen? So he said, I can fix that. He said, I can take something and seal that up. Real good and then paint over it, and they would never know that anything was there. Praise God. Praise God. I said, Well, how much you gonna charge me? He said, Four hundred dollars. And then I had him, I threw some more stuff in. I threw some more stuff in there. And then I said, Is all this four hundred dollars? Now watch God. He said, Okay, three hundred. That's how God will do you when you're a tithe payer. When you sow seeds into the kingdom of God. When you give. He blesses you. He blesses you. And not just with finances all the time, but we're talking about finances. But he blesses you in every area of your life. So he did that. He did some painting. And I'm telling you, some of them spots look like nothing ever happened to it before. And i I did a little dance because you know I love to praise God. I did a little dance right there because God is good. God is good. Amen. So I'm just I'm almost through. God will reward you for giving to others as He commanded. Paul says, and I'm I'm making reference to Second Corinthians 9 and 8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Praise God. Praise God. But this is what Paul said. He's able. He didn't say that he will. He said he's able. Because in order for him to do that, you got to do your part too. Amen? He's able to do it. It didn't say he will do it. He says, God is able to bless you abundantly. But it's something that you have to do too. It's something that you have to do too. And we've talked about that tonight. You you, You have to fulfill your obligation too, amen? So, again, it's not selfishness to ask God for an increase in your finances. It's not selfishness at all. It's not greed when you're keeping God first, when you seek in the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In Genesis 12 and 2, God promised Adam, he said, I'll bless you to be a blessing. He said, I'll bless you to, well, I want to, me too, God, bless me to be a blessing. And it's not about just for me to give, because you got to do it with the right heart. You got to do it with the right motive, amen? But I want to be a blessing so I can help advance the kingdom of God and do good work. And he tells me that he would do that according to that scripture I just read. So I just want to say that, and I'm, I really am closing on this. We must be about our father's business. And his business is soul business. And when you take care of his business, he'll take care of you. How can you say you love God and not your neighbors? How can you not clothe the naked and feed the hungry when you have more than enough? How can you say, oh, I worship and praise God for his goodness and his mercy and his grace And there's people out there that don't even understand or know the gospel, know the love of God. And we're experiencing the love of God on a daily basis. We all want other people to experience that love as well. Amen. So we have to what? Plant seed. And then we get our what? Harvest. Amen. So having a heart for people, if you have a hard for people you want to see them being blessed too you're not the only you don't want to be the only one that's being blessed you want to see others being blessed too then you're being a good steward over God's money and I say it's his money I like saying it's God's money because it is his money it's not your money you're just a trustee over it you're a steward over you're an overseer of it And if you think about that when you're paying your tithes, it's easy for you to release that money. Think about it. You can release somebody else's money quicker than you release your money. I release my husband's money quicker than I release my money. (laughs) So think about it. The money is not yours. It belongs to God. So when it's time for ties, when it's time to sow seeds, if you think about that, you should be able to release that money real quick because it's not even yours, amen? When me and my husband go out to eat, I struggle with releasing that money. But when he say, oh, let's go out and eat, who paying? I'm going to pay. Oh, I'm good. Because it's not my money I'm releasing. It's his money, Amen? So how many of us want to be a blessing? How many believe that God will take their faith to another level when it comes to prosperity? How many believe that? How many of you can say, God, if you trust me with your money, from my pure heart, i do the right thing? Yes. Can we stand to our feet? I want us to say this prayer. And if you can just repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer for prosperity and financial blessings. And it says Heavenly Father, we thank you and bless you that in this life you have already provided all that we can ask or think. Thank you, Father that your provision is not based on our efforts, but on the inheritance given to us by the death of Jesus Christ. Thank you that, that your heart is always for us. Your promises towards us are yes and amen. We thank you that it is already done. And by our agreement with the truth. We speak for the manifestation of the inheritance of the saints. And to all those in need. Father it is. It is your desire for us. That we expect experience prosperity in all that we put our hands to do for there is a great need in this world and Lord we desire to be in a position that we can fulfill that need and therefore we speak forth promotions and business ideas. Order our steps into the provision that you want us to be in. Release your spirit to deliver these things into our hands. Let us walk in the provision of heaven and not be bound by the system of this world. It is for this freedom that you have set us free. So Lord Jesus, be our savior from debt, from burdens, from financial struggles. Set us free in our finances. Just as you saved us from sin and death, Give us wisdom and joy that we can be good stewards over and all that you deliver into our hands. And help us to continue to advance in the work of the kingdom. And help us to continue to provide for those in need both spiritually and naturally. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise.